Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 1, Episode 6. Hello and welcome back to Education on Fire with me, Mark Taylor. Um, Today I'm delighted to be talking to Kelly Long, who is the host and creator of the Inspiration for Teachers podcast. Hi Kelly. Hi Mark, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. Brilliant. Um, We really, really wanted to sort of really sort of push the idea and and sort of support our our listeners with the the whole concept about um, community and um, and the support network that they can feel um, not just within their school but um but also within the online community and um as a as a fellow podcaster i'm I'm a, I'm a newbie with my first season and you're a veteran with um sort of 70 odd episodes um i thought um it'd be really interesting to sort of hear your story and your take on on why you started a podcast and and the sort of feedback that you've heard from your listeners and, and how they feel supported and 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 how, how our listeners could really um get some some good su- support and feedback from you yeah sure well the reason I started my podcast, and this was back in 2012 now, was because I, I'm a teacher myself. I've been a teacher for over 10 years, and I know how hard we all work. You know, we do an incredible job in the classroom, supporting children in quite difficult circumstances at times. And I just really feel that teachers need the best support that they can possibly receive. And as a group of really motivated individuals that teachers are they're quite good at searching out the 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 needs that they have and with the online community and the power of things like twitter and podcasting and facebook those communities now exist for teachers so it doesn't necessarily have to be that you receive training in a traditional format which is in a school environment you can now go out there and you can search for that information that you are seeking and you can guarantee that there is somebody out there that is willing to give you that advice and that support. And the great thing about a podcast, and the reason why I wanted to do it is because I thought you could reach so many teachers that experience similar problems, and you could reach out to them, and you could provide them with the solutions to the challenges that they're facing. Um, Because we've all been there. We have the solutions, but as our toolbox, we, we tend to kind of keep them to ourselves. And I think it's a great way to to spread advice, to empower teachers, to drive them forward and, you know, really celebrate their successes and, and what they do. And, and what do you find often are, are some of the concerns and some of the support that teachers need? Is, is, there, is there a sort of a common thread which um, which you hear on a regular basis? I mean, on my podcast, I tend to cover the main themes that we, we all tend to encounter there's always, you know, that, that teacher-parent relationship. There's always, you know, building independence with students. There's always the the, the old argument about, you know, behaviour and, and managing challenging environments. So all, all of those common themes, you know, come up time and again, and everybody has a, a new take on it or, or someone's tried and tested it or there's a new piece of educational research that has been put to the test and has revealed significant um, gains and, and, and new ways of doing it. So I, I think it's all out there and it's all uh, all available. And I just think that those common themes are always going to be there. We're always going to face those challenges, whether you're 
a new teacher into the profession or whether you're an existing teacher, depending on the circumstances in which you're you're operating as a as a provider of education. So those common themes, I think, will always be there depending on where you are in your career. But I think also as we go forward, you know, the educational landscape, as you know, Mark, it always changes. You know, a, a new political government will come in, they'll have their own agenda. They want to be seen to be, you know, putting their stamp on education. So things do change. So so as educators, we, we have to change with it. But also, I think, you know, we have to feel really well, actually really take control of it because, you know, we, we are the experts, we know what we're doing, we have, we're highly trained. So, you know, we should really feel proud of our profession and, you know, very skilled in what we do. And I just think that sometimes you can just need the, the extra help by going out there and reaching out to communities that exist online to, to get that extra help that, that you need or, or to feel the confidence to, to try something new or to discover what actually is making um, an impact in, in education from an educational research point of view. I, I think that's very true. And I think, um, I think they've been able to reach out to a community as, a, as not a weakness, but as a, a sign of strength, just purely in terms of wanting to to learn and to grow yourself as a teacher so that you're then able to um to support your pupils i think is a really important one and like i say because there are so many different things out there now especially when you feel safe like going to to a website connected to to a podcast or, or somewhere that you feel safe or a facebook group of people that you know who are there um you can feel like you can answer those questions in a human way rather than worrying about um what someone else thinks from a career point of view or or whether you think you're gonna see, seem silly because you're asking a, a question that you ought to know just i think those sort of safe environments i think are really key and also i think if you sort of flip that the other way around um um your students often feel exactly the same they're not sure whether they should know something or whether they should ask a question or whether they should be seem to be learning you know because they think they should know it all already in some some respects so i think actually really feeling what that learning process is like um as a teacher i I think is a really important one and i think as well as a teacher it's quite i think it's quite easy to become stagnant in how you teach because you know you've you've been to teaching college you've got your pgce you do your nqt year your school if they're a good provider of training will regularly update your training but you know for a lot of teachers they can be quite isolated you know you have a lot of autonomy in the classroom teaching these children day in day out but from a, a personal development point of view it's quite easily sorry it's quite easy to become quite stagnant in in how you do things but also, there's also lots of research regularly going on to investigate what is the best way of teaching and learning. How do we um, understand what works effectively and implement it in the classroom without getting caught up in all of the marketing that's existing out there? And, you know, the, the kind of key phrases that get pushed onto us that actually do they have an impact in your teaching and in the classroom? So I think it's really important to reach out to these communities just to keep yourself up to date with what's going on, but also, you know, reignite some of the passion that can, you know, if you've been in the profession for a long time, it can quite easily, you know, slip you by. And I I think it's really important to stay on your game and to stay on your game. You need to keep your finger on the pulse. You need to reach out to others. You need to feel part of that community so that you do feel supported and and not sidelined because I I think a lot of teachers do feel sidelined and, and not respected and don't really 
feel what they once did for the profession. So I, I think that that is a, a big issue as well, that we need to support teachers in that way. And I guess as well, it's um, within a school, you've got a pool of tens of um, teachers or I guess maybe a hundred or so. Um, but on an online community where you've got hundreds or if not thousands of people sometimes, there's there's going to be someone there that maybe has the answer to your question or or be thinking along the same lines as you that you can sort of um, make a positive friendship or connection with. That, um, like you say, it can be a, a positive experience, which is sort of outside of the, the four walls of your particular school, but still part of your profession and still still have that sort of ignite that passion that you, you had when you started and hopefully that you still have. Um, and also give you some ideas where you can, you know, where you can develop as well and, and where your sort of uh, where your strengths lies which can be supported by other people rather than necessarily feeling it might be a negative if that's kind of the feedback you're getting just with your staff within your school locally is it where you know just that there's a bigger world out there and uh, a different way of doing things sometimes um and absolutely for- i mean the the people that i've interviewed on my podcast just alone i mean the connections that i've made with them they're they're so supportive and have been really you know putting me in the driving seat and maybe really challenging what I believe about education and, and how I should go about teaching. And I've said it before when I've spoken to other people that, you know, when I'm in a, a bit of a sticky situation or I'm, you know, feeling under pressure or if I'm trying to think in a different way about how I should do my own teaching, I have all of my guests input in my head and I'm like, oh, well, you know, how would Mark do this? And, and you know, how would Dawn approach this situation? And it, and it's good in that sense because it really makes you feel that it's not just you on your own. You've got that support and people willing to help you. And there are so many people out there that will willingly offer you advice and support. And, you know, without any judgment. And I, I feel that sometimes, you know, teachers can feel quite judged and that is not what we want. We want people to feel empowered, to go forward, to, to really help learners in the classroom, but also develop teachers themselves because they're they're an asset and they need to be nurtured and 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 also i I think and the the bigger picture is is also like you said you know how you come across these people so that you have the online communities and all that sort of thing but also how you actually have your content and i guess the podcast sort of going full circle now almost is is um is one of those things you know we're sort of learning and we're developing and we're having conversations with people over a podcast um where you can learn as much if not more than you would have done just from a textbook or or something which is sort of very sort of um stationary really and this is as you said you know education moves and communities move with it and and a podcast and i think listening to something orally just has a different way of of um of of connecting with you than than reading or, or um or some of the more traditional ways of finding out um, information? Well, I, I definitely agree with you, Mark, because I started my podcast two years ago and I've regularly been having interview conversations with some fantastic leading educators and it has really pushed me forward. I mean, not, not pushing my own boat, but I always thought I was a good teacher before, but it really has pushed some boundaries for me and really opens me up to different ways of thinking about education and teaching and and I think if you can then take that conversation that you've had and express it and give it out to the world I mean you can reach so many people through a podcast that you know if you were just trying to share this advice locally within your school it might impact on you know maybe 50 to 100 people but with a podcast you can reach thousands of people 
all over the world and have a significant impact and I just think that is so empowering I think it's brilliant and I think also as a, as a consumer um or and and now as someone who's actually a creator in terms of of this podcast um what I find is is it's quite nice to be talking about it with people outside of our normal day-to-day working environment as it were so um earlier today for example i was um i've been teaching um drums and percussion all day and within the confines of um of my room um and it's quite loud and by the time i get to sort of mid-afternoon i think i've really been here quite a long time now my head's starting to hurt and <laughs> and, and um and then but, <laughs> exactly exactly um but then sort of having come away and you know i've got back into my home life and and, and done all that sort of stuff and now we're, we're sort of now chatting i sort of feel rejuvenated and I'm in a, a different place and able to, to talk about it whereas if I've been doing it during my school day I, I wouldn't have been necessarily as being receptive um, as I was then and I think as a consumer I, I listen to podcasts in that same sort of space you know it's out of my work environment when I'm feeling fresh um, and it might be while I'm out having a walk I often do it if I'm running um, and, and just when you're sort of more yourself um, and, and then you're more receptive to what you hear and I think those connections like you say j- just come to you and then you, you feel really inspired then to sort of get back on the horse as it were if you feel like you've come off it or or if you just need a little bit of a boost just to sort of reignite that fire again. And I think what it does is it allows you that time to reflect and I think that is so important because you know we, we all know when you're in the classroom it's lesson after lesson after lesson you know 32 34 children in a class and that is hectic i mean my my husband <laughs> says to me at the end of every half time he's like you i can't even speak to you because you're a bit kind of not very talkative and you're not really very responsive and i'm like <laughs> because i've given it my all during a term so you know that that constant buzz and that expectation and that, that pressure and the excitement and the thrill of you know teaching you know it can be quite wearing so Putting yourself in a space where you have time to think and time to reflect about, you know, your day and, and how you've done it and, and then listening to a conversation or an interview where you can hear how other people are doing it or, you know, feel a personal connection to, yes, that's how I feel and and, and how would I address the situation or, you know, sometimes it's just nice for somebody to say, I've been there, I've done that and this is what you can do if you're in a similar situation that you can then take those steps and you can implement it in your own environment and i think that's not only really supportive and helpful but i think it just gives you that that space to really reflect on you know how has your day gone where where can you make improvements how can you make improvements and outside that environment that school environment where you have the time just to to think and and most of my listeners when they're telling me about you know, listening to episodes on my podcast, it's a case of it was when they were in a traffic jam, <laughs> yes. driving to work in the morning. You know, they, they've listened to it, but then it's inspired them in their day to take action and, and try something new and, and think about it. And it has a it has a positive impact. And it's not just on you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just on you and I or, or the teaching profession. It has that wider impact. You know, what we do then impacts on the learners in our classroom and that then spans into their home environment and their parents and those conversations that go on behind closed doors you know that's where you're making that impact and I I think the the power of a podcast and an interview conversation is just so reaching and I, I think it's really valuable. Um, I, I couldn't agree more and, and one thing I'd like to just sort of um, carry on from one of the things you just said is that like you said the end of half term or the end of a term when 
everything just seems like it's been uh, um, or the beginning of term was a long way away and like I said there's lots of lessons gone on and, and, and lots of emotional input gone in um, how do you um, look after yourself and I know one of your recent series has been about well-being and I'm quite keen on on the whole side of teachers looking after themselves partly so that they feel good which I think um, is very supportive for their pupils in terms of how that comes across but also understanding about looking after themselves I think also gives their pupils something which isn't just about how they might explain to their pupils how they could look after themselves but just their general energy is something which the pupils then thrive on and I'd just be interested to know sort of what you do and also from your um, sort of previous podcast series you know what sort of feedback did you get back along those sort of lines? Yeah well the reason I put that season together was because you know teachers are under a lot of pressure they do give their all I know what that feels like to give your all and you really do need to to look after yourself so a lot of that season was about how do you take care of you mindfulness exploring you know what is acceptable and also giving you the confidence to say actually there is a time and a place for me and you know you you have to respect that those boundaries and you really have to put them in place and I know for me that there are certain things that I have implemented in order to protect myself because being a teacher you know that is full-on but also I have a podcast and as you know Mark and you're experiencing it takes a lot of work to put that together in addition to that I've launched an online revision course so there are lots of things that I do above and beyond being a teacher and that is quite demanding and I I know that I put that pressure on myself but it's because I really do feel the drive to to help others in our field and to to help students learn and I'm passionate about that and that's what I really want to do so that kind of drives the 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 pressure but I'm quite clear about what I need to do to protect myself so you know I, I do not make decisions when I'm tired because that's when you're in that emotional state you're not thinking quite clearly enough so you know if I'm making decisions I'm making decisions in the morning about what I want to do, what action I want to take. I I don't make any decisions in the evening. I think also what I try to do a lot of is when you're in that very kind of crazy zone of, you know, teaching and you're putting in a lot of input and you're, you're really being very creative about how you are planning your lessons, how you're getting a, a lot of different children to think very deeply about their content that they're learning. You know, that takes a lot of energy. So you've definitely got to build in time just to to sit back from it. And I do do that now. There is space that, you know, even if it's just half an hour in the car, just relaxing and not thinking about things and being very mindful about what actions I'm taking and, and being in the moment, I really try to do that. And I also try to take myself out of the situation, which can be very hard because when you're you're in these situations of you know pressure and you know demands on your time and you know from from a teaching point of view obviously the older you get you then have kids and you've got family issues going on as well you've got to be very mindful about protecting yourself and and by taking myself out the situation what that tends to do for me is to make me think actually you know these issues that I'm experiencing, all these challenges that I'm experiencing, all the pressure that I'm experiencing, it's not all about me. There are wider issues that are going on. So I try to look at the whole picture and the bigger picture. And and by doing that, it allows me to do a number of things. It allows me to realize that actually, I'm not the center of the universe. (laughs) And 
therefore the pressure that I'm putting on myself is is too high and therefore I should not be doing it and also the 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 series of events that may have led up to a, a, a feeling of feeling you know stressed and overwhelmed that is not necessarily of my doing and you very much have to look at what you control can control and what steps you can take to make a change and if you can take control and implement change I think that is really powerful in giving you the time and the space to think actually no I, I can't do this right now this is my time I need to think about it and just give yourself that space that clear space just to to really focus on yourself and also you know I think a lot of teachers and especially new teachers they they heap a lot of pressure on themselves to be the the doer the giver of everything and you know as you go through your teaching career that's not how it should be yes you should provide the steps to to teach a child and and to get them to think very deeply and experience the the learning you should definitely provide that environment but it, it's not up to you to get them to take those and uh, further steps you know they really need to be thinking for themselves and I think in your early years it's all about you and your performance and, and what you're doing and, and how you've done it and I think as you go through your teaching career you tend to to move away from that because you realize that actually it's the the, the child that needs to be doing this work and I think that in a sense brings some relief in certain areas but definitely knowing that you know you you are important you need to take that time you need to focus on actually what is creating the, the stressful environment what aspects of it can you control and deal with and that's where you need to focus your energy and everything else you've just got to say I can't do that right now or I can't influence that in any way and I think that brings a, a real sense of reassurance and a sense that you can actually manage a, a situation more more clearly and I think that's really beneficial. Yeah I think that that the, the, the mindful way of, <coughs> of thinking and, and just like say you, you're, you're not responsible for everybody you're responsible for yourself and everybody is responsible for their selves and hopefully you being true to yourself will give them the inspiration um to do what's best for them and, and hopefully they, they take away the experience in the um and the learning that you're trying to to provide but like you say you, you're not responsible for every single person you can only help them as, as best you can and show them what's what what you believe to be important as well as just the knowledge that you're imparting and um and like i say the rest of it at some point is down to them and i think once you can separate that out i think that really is key and that comes from i think your students that you're teaching and also within your school environment as well you know if you find yourself in a situation where you're working with someone which doesn't um, see teaching or see life the same way as you it doesn't make them wrong it just means that they're different and and finding a way of of working together um and accepting everybody i guess is the is the key is um is is really is really important i think for um for your like say for your health and um and stability as much as anything else one of the things that really sticks in my mind is i did a women in educational leadership series a few episodes back and uh, one of my guests said to me when all the hecticness of uh, teaching is going on, sometimes you've just got to do things quick and dirty. And I think sometimes that's, you know, a, a situation that you, you can default to and feel comfortable with. And I think knowing that is is one way to, to get you through a situation. So I think there's lots of advice out there. And, you know, you can really 
reach out to people and they will support you in the communities that exist online and, and also within podcasting communities. So I would definitely suggest joining them and being a part of them because they are really helpful. And also, you know, if you're listening to a, a podcast, an educational podcast on a, a regular basis, you know, all of that advice is out there and people are so willing to give it away. So definitely go and experience it. I think I think that's great advice. And um and the other thing that I just wanted to pick up on from before was um was what you said about um just taking half an hour out for yourself um and small snippets of time because you very often hear people say oh, I can't wait till the next half term or can't wait for Christmas holidays or Easter holidays it's too long. and, too and long. yeah it's, it's it's just too far away just knowing that every day you have the chance just to give yourself even if it's five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour just the chance to reconnect with yourself and I just think that regular reconnection just gives you the energy you need just to keep going and then and give you the support you need to know that you're in control and I think that's a little bit kind of where we were going really it's about feeling like you've got a certain amount of control especially in a an education environment where you feel a lot of decisions are made for you that you're sort of part of a bigger machine but I think to feel like you've really got a chance to have some control of of your decisions and and also the amount of energy that you're expending and how you want to come across I think is absolute key and feeling you can do that every day I think is really a powerful thought. Mm, I mean the only thing that you can control is yourself so if if that's the one thing that you invest time in and invest time in nourishing because it's quite easy to neglect it and i think that's when we can start developing you know mental health issues and feeling stressed and you know perhaps why teachers leave the profession i i think to invest that time in yourself is time well spent <laughs> absolutely absolutely and um one, one of the other things um I'd like to just touch on it is um is is this the whole way that we're we're learning both in terms of our ourselves as teachers but also the students as well because um the whole podcasting journey for me is something that I taught myself it's something through the communities online um through the courses that I took and and the information that I found um do, do you think that's that's a, a, a way that schooling is going to actually um, develop. Um, um, I wonder whether teachers are going to become much more like a mentor with all these fantastic teachings that are online and it'd be much more about putting them in the right direction and just allowing them to follow their own creative urges a bit more but under a safe umbrella and under a, under the guidance of schools rather than the teacher being just the sort of the giver of content. Yeah I definitely think that will happen. I think I think it will happen more for a teacher quicker and faster because you know, teachers are very creative. They're willing to explore those, you know, online um, communities, those learning environments. So I think for from a teaching point of view, it will happen for a teacher much quicker because there are already teachers out there developing content. You know, for myself, I've already developed a, an online revision system. So that content is out there. It exists for, you know, parents to buy it for their, for their children. It exists for teachers to use it as a as an aid in the classroom so you know we're more willing to take those those risks and explore what online spaces can do for from a learning point of view I think from an educational point of view as a whole probably take a bit longer for for it to catch up because you know like you said earlier we're we're small cogs in a in a big wheel so I think it is going that way but I just think you know to have a a complete um environment where the teacher is just the mentor I think you know that's significantly in the future but I do believe it it will happen and you know 
I'm a bit of a geek, so I can see how Star Trek <laughs> is definitely coming down the line, but I don't think it will happen, you know, quickly. But from a from a teaching point of view, I definitely think that the opportunities are there for for teachers to reach, you know, more more students uh, to to share their skills in a more I guess in a more entrepreneurial way and develop that content because if you think as an educator you've got all those creative skills you know how to build content you know how to really get into the minds of of pupils and learners and, and know how to break content down and I think that's you know that's a very very specific skill that not many people have so if you take that content and you put it online just think how many more people you can impact on so from my point of view since I started this podcasting journey, it's definitely been something that I've begun to explore because, you know, back in Christmas, I think I came up with the idea. I mean, it's been a long time in planning, but I really started developing the content for my online course. And I think really, you know, to to do that and have those platforms available to, to help you create that content, you can really deliver so much value to a much wider audience. And it's one of the reasons why you know, my next season coming up, season four on the podcast is it's all about being a teacherpreneur and, and how to take those steps into that online environment where you can start creating valuable content, you can start creating online courses and having a, a much wider impact. So, for I, so from a teaching point of view, I think it will happen much sooner and it's definitely already begun. I just think, you know, from an education point of view, they'll just be a bit slower on the uptake. Yeah, and, and I think the great thing about that is the fact that you have, in one way, you've got you've got an audience of thousands and or millions um, with people that can listen to the podcast and and have access to it. But at the same time, the content that you create is very personal because you 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 create this content based on on your experiences and what you know that your um, students need and what really works. So it's sort of it's sort of sort of both sides of the coin, really, but sort of a, sort of far reaching. You know, that personal um, thing to you and knowing exactly what it is that you want to get across but at the same time being able to reach um, millions of people around the world mm. and the thing is if you take you for example Mark you know you've got a specific style of teaching you your expertise is in music you know you could take that content and deliver it in a in a packaged way to to help other people even if it's teachers to learn how to deliver content in a more effective way in their classroom you know you've got a specific skill that potentially somebody else doesn't have. So you, you can package that content up and you, you can distribute that value. And I think that is really, you know, really important, really helpful. And like you said, you've got your own personal style and that will automatically transition through the content that you create. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And that's that in a nutshell really is um is how educational fire um came about was that i was delivering some of this sort of content online through various different um sources um and people were saying oh can you show me a bit more literally the nuts and bolts you know how do i get children to be engaged in music from you know from the most basic way you know how do they sit where do they how do i need to speak to them you know what do i need to get them to do just sort of basic sort of rhythm games and clapping games and that sort of thing and um i thought well that's something that i just do every day that's 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 not a particularly big deal to me and i thought well and if that's um sort of my specialist and what i know there must be other people in different schools doing the same type of thing in in their world but um 
in a different um, subject. Um, and so it's just a question of you really sort of share, sharing sharing those um, experiences um, in those different disciplines in, in a really sort of real life um, position in a particular school or a different way of doing it. Um, and just take those actionable tips and being able to implement that in a in a in a in a very simple way um, within your environment. And um, mm-hmm. yes, um, you what you said is absolutely true exactly uh that's exactly why we did it and um yeah if you if you if you go to educationonfire.com you can see some of those initial uh, um rhythm games videos that are all there and uh, and if you sign up to the newsletter you um you will get some downloadable content as well that just supports those videos and it just uh just give you some some really sort of basic starting blocks to sort of build music in your school and um and I think that's going to be really important as we move on as as music education um funding sort of seems to be less and less you know what you can do as an individual teacher on a daily basis or weekly basis is really supporting the children um emotionally i think and and just the arts generally are just a really key thing to give them that rounded education which while it's great if you've got a specialist teacher that can do it but there, there are still things that you can do um in your classroom every day and um and i think if we can get some of this content as you say really um easily available um in different disciplines i think that's going to be beneficial for everybody and the thing is you've got the unique experience of you have that daily insight so you know you're you're doing it you've you've got the experience and you know you can deliver that to other people so i think you know you're you're really taking the right steps and professionally for yourself you will develop so much i mean the, if i think about the journey that i've been on over the last two years it's just you could not get that professional development anywhere else it just you know it just doesn't exist it's not just the educational development that you know you you kind of get to grips with and you're listening to advice from other people and it really challenges you i mean that is just phenomenal the amount of content that you can receive just by listening to a podcast or you know from my point of view and your point of view interviewing a specialist about that content is so so valuable but you know the other side of it mark is you know as you're experience experiencing putting content to that together in a a way that people want to listen to and the process behind how you do that and the systems and how you get people to communicate and engage online in, in those educational communities I mean those are a whole array of skills that you would not even have if you hadn't taken the steps to start your podcast yeah that's that's absolutely right and and interestingly it comes from it comes from your your interest in and and your passion you know it wasn't something i thought this is a, a strategic thing i ought to do it's just something i felt like i really wanted to do and um and and just having that independence is just a, it's a great feeling and and it's very exciting because there there's no obvious path path of where it's going i've got an idea of what i think and a vision of how i think it can develop but it's going to be led um by the people around me and also you know the community of people that get involved with the show and um, and that's a really exciting really exciting prospect really yeah, it's going to be such a journey, Mark. You're going to love it. Brilliant, thank you. Um, one thing I'd like to ju- just just touch on um, just before we finish, um, I know you teach in a, in a secondary school, so sort of from um, ages 11, 12 plus, and um, my more expertise is in the primary sector and um, I'm on the, the National Council of, um, of NAEP, the National Association for Primary Education, and they do sort of birth up to, up to age 13. Um, and I just want to touch on that transition between the primary school and the secondary school, um, and um, 
and how, and how you feel that that works and um i'd be, I'd be really interesting just to, to to talk in 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 more depth at another time about that but just how, how the handover between the two types of schools works and and any sort of um development of that which you think would be a, a positive thing for the, especially for the for the children or i often feel when they get to the end of their primary they get to age 11 um they they know everybody they're very confident often because they they've been to school a long time and then they arrive at secondary school um and then all of a sudden they're they're um they're the youngest there they they don't know what's going on um and I think sometimes they get some mixed messages. It's kind of now you're growing up and you're in big school and you have to kind of be independent and find your own way, which um, I completely understand. But at the same time, it's also at that point they need some real support and almost sort of mentorship just to kind of enable them to do that. And I feel sometimes they, they just get a little bit sort of left in, in, in the middle there somewhere. I think that definitely comes down to a whole school approach. I think there are a number of different things going on there with that transition. I mean... The biggest thing is communication is is really key. I think the communication between the primary school and the secondary school, naturally, there'll be a transition of information regarding each child. So that transition needs to happen. But I also think, you know, the letting parents know what the expectation is when the child comes to school, you know, what kind of environment are they going to be bringing their child into? You know, what are the the rules and the boundaries? And also, you know, from a pastoral point of view, it, it depends on the systems in place within your school. But from a school point of view, your your pastoral side needs to be very strong. And I think, you know, specifically within my school, it's very, very good at welcoming the children into our community. And it's a case of not just providing a year head figure to to you know, represent them and show them the way, but also, you know, from a tutor point of view, that the tutors are well informed about each individual child, that there is good communication as to what are the needs of that child. But, you know, we're also very good at taking our peer supporters, so maybe our prefects, um, children that are volunteering themselves to support and help other children within the school, you know, those people will come forward and will put in a system of you know, guiding them around the school, showing them where they're going to go so they get picked up at the start of a lesson, they get taken to their next lesson, they get taken to their lunchtime. So, you know, there's a significant period of time where the children are are essentially guided around the school and they are provided with a, a peer supporter that looks like them, you know, somebody that they can speak to if it feels a bit overwhelming and a bit daunting to approach your year head, for example. And, you know, for, for me, I, I'm also a tutor. So my current year sevens, we, we've had a, a, a group of peer supporters in regularly visiting the children, but they have continued that experience forward. And by doing that, what they do is every Friday they come in to see the tutor group and we play little games. They talk to them about how everything's going. And it really builds that kind of um you know, that real sense of community and the feeling that they can quite easily go and approach somebody if they need to. So I I think there's a number of things that help to make that transition smooth. It's definitely communication with the child, with the parents, you know, with the tutors. It's making them feel that they can go to speak to somebody, that they are seen as an individual because the transition from 30 pupils in a classroom that you're with all of the time to you know, being in different classes with different people. I mean, that that's a lot to get your head around, especially if you're a child that 
isn't very confident. So, you know, pairing children up with other students if they're if they're feeling less, you know, confident or they they need some assistance. I think knowing the individual needs of the child is really important at that transition point because then you can kind of put them in the best possible position to start secondary school and in a positive way because you know I see it all the time some children they're they're so keen to get to school you know they're desperate to get out of primary school you know they're they're the oldest in their school it feels a bit to some to some children a bit babyish and they they're ready for that step and yet for others it's it's you know massively daunting so depending on where you're on that spectrum you know from a school point of view you really need to understand where that child is so that you can support them as best as possible. Um, it sounds like you've got a, a really good setup at your school and I and just as you're talking now I can see a whole season coming together of um, talking to some of the children um, in the summer um, sort of and with their sort of ideas of what secondary school's like and then sort of following them through into their first few weeks of secondary school in their whole experience I think that'd be a really interesting thing to do so maybe that's something uh, we can discuss at another time and see if we could set something like that up. Definitely I mean one thing that definitely kind of jumps out at for me is that is the whole independence thing you know teaching them to independently not only control themselves but you know really think for themselves and take action I think that is an area where you know I spend a lot of time working with children because they don't often have those skills they've been very nurtured which they should be but now going to secondary school it's it's broadening your horizons it's thinking about you as an individual and, and how you kind of self-regulate yourself, how you self-motivate yourself, how you think about, you know, independence and self-study and thinking deeply about content. So those are those are all new skills that they need to learn. And I think, you know, sometimes that transition can, can be tricky, but as long as you're, you know, providing that pathway in a secure environment where you're teaching them how to do that and then gradually taking those, you know, those support you know, networks away in a sense from a learning point of view so that they then flourish and become an independent learner. I think that's that's really crucial. It's, it sounds great. And, and uh, like I said, I think there's definitely some mileage there for uh, for some, some follow-up work. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to really uh, getting my head around how, how that could be. I think that would be a great, <laughs> a great thing to do. Um, uh, well, Kelly, thanks so much for being on, on the show this week. It's been, um, it's been really interesting and, and really enjoyable um, chatting to you. Um, can you just leave us um, with some information on, on how people can um, get in contact with you and, um, and where they can find your podcast and, and how they can get all the, the great content and information that you're sharing with everybody? Oh, thank you, Mark. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and I'm, I'm really here to support you. So thank you for letting me come on your show. Um, so you can reach me in two places. I'm inspirationforteachers.com. Um, that's where you can find my podcast through my website. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. So everywhere that you can think to download a podcast, you can find the show there. And also my online revision system is myrevisionpal.com. So if you're looking to find a an online revision system that teaches you exactly how to revise and what actually works from a scientific point of view, you can find that at myrevisionpal.com. And I'm all over social media, so give me a wave, say hello, please do connect because I'm I'm more than willing to provide help and support. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, Kelly's brilliant. At, um and being social and and uh, and keeping in contact with everybody you just have to drop her a line on twitter or something and she'll respond in uh, and and 
we, we I think all of us in in the podcast world we really enjoy just that connection and that the the feedback and and just really hearing what you have to say and um and and what's important to you yeah it's a really friendly community so you know just reach out because um, like you Mark we're willing to help aren't we brilliant so um thanks very much for again for being on the show um thanks very much for listening everybody um you can get the show notes and find out all the information um on educationonfire.com and um really look forward to chatting to you again on on the next show thanks Mark and good luck thank you thank you for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information please go to educationonfire.com